Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ starts his new sermon series, God Will, with a message called, God Will Speak. Sometimes it may feel like God doesn't talk to us, but he does and he is. Are you taking time for him to speak to you? Are you tuning your ear into hearing his voice? God wants to speak to you today. We hope you enjoy this message. God's will, and I want to talk about that today. I'm excited. Obviously, you see your notes. I'm not going to be able to get through all this today. I'm going to have to do it in two parts like I did already in the first service. But I want to talk to you today about God will. God will speak. How many of you know that God wants to speak, but the question is, are you listening? God is, he does speak. And I hear this over and over again, especially when I'm counseling with people. I hear this thing all the time. Pastor, why does God not speak to me? And I see a lot of people that they get discouraged. They get discouraged because they don't feel that God speaks to them. And they think that, man, there must be something wrong with me. A lot of times what happens is that we always equate because God is silent that something must be wrong. And we got it backwards. Maybe God is not speaking because maybe something is right. And I wonder sometimes maybe that you, because you feel like God's not speaking, maybe you have shut down and asking God to speak. A couple, of day, a couple of weeks ago, this is prior to me writing this message, my grandkids, now they live, some live in Illinois, some other two families, my grandkids live in Minneapolis, and I love FaceTiming. I, how many love FaceTiming? Isn't it great? Grandparents, you love that FaceTiming? I love FaceTiming because now my grandkids know how to FaceTime me because I don't know how to FaceTime them, but they know how to FaceTime me, right? They're smarter than me. No kidding. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Us older guys, we don't understand the technology, but my eight-year-old and nine-year-old, they know how to FaceTime. Check that out, right? And so they FaceTime us. And you know when it's FaceTiming, you can, man, you can just have fun. You can interact. You can make faces on the phone, and they make faces back at you. And you just have a great time just communicating, dialoguing together, and making fun together and seeing each other. And my granddaughter, she just showed us her, her brand-new room. They got it painted, and it shows she scans the room, and she's showing us all this stuff. And she, look at, um, uh, Papa, look at my new pillows. Look at my room. It's purple. Oh, yeah, right. Pur- I'm like, oh, where's the horns, right? And, uh, but she's showing us, and all of a sudden, in, all, in our conversation, all of a sudden, they couldn't hear us. And we could see our grandkids, and we could, we could hear them, but they couldn't hear us. And so our grandkids are saying, I'm a papa, we can't hear you. I'm a papa. And we said, we can hear you. And, you know, when you can't hear them, what do you do? You usually raise your voice louder. Now can you hear us? You know what I'm saying? How many know what I'm talking about, Right. And uh, so anyways, this went on back and forth, back and forth. And finally, my wife said to my granddaughter, Peyton, said, hey, Peyton, maybe you hit the mute button. So she looked on the side of the computer, obviously, and yeah, she hit the mute button. And all of a sudden, she, oh, now I can hear you. And I believe, and God put on my heart, I believe that some of you feel that God has hit the mute button in your life, <laughs> that God has hit the mute button in your life, that he's not hearing you. That God, why have you hit the button? Why have you hit the button? And I, I want you to do this. this. This is a great thing. The secret to God's will is willing to do your part. Now, you got to get that. The secret to God's will is willing to do your part. God desires to speak. Now, you got to remember, you got to do your part. Maybe, just maybe, 
you have hit the mute button. Maybe you have hit the mute button that God is trying to speak, but you can't hear because you hit the mute button. And by hitting the mute button means that maybe you shut down, maybe you got discouraged, maybe you're not expecting God to speak anymore because he hasn't in the past, so why should I expect him now? So in all these things, that's actually pushing the button. A little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough. The more you add to the garbage, guess what? It's going to begin to pile up. And if you begin to add to the garbage or the trash in your life, what happens? It eventually pile up. And eventually the mute button will begin to push in your life that God's trying to speak, but you can't hear because you have pushed the mute button with all the doubt, confusion, worry, concerns, and you've pushed that button. And God wants you to open up again. But in doing that, I have a foundational scripture, and I want you to write this down, and maybe you haven't had it in your Bible, but there's a foundational scripture that you need to put in your heart whenever you're questioning or doubting or going through weariness or concern in your life, maybe you're questioning God, you have to put this as a foundational scripture in your life. I've put this in my life all the time. I have addresses that I love in my life. I have addresses that I go to in my Bible that give me strength and nourishment to make it through the day, and this is one address address that I always go back to. I always send my my mail or my request to this address. Because how many of you know that the enemy loves to speak into our ears? He loves to bring confusion. He loves to bring doubt. He wants to question your faith. He wants to do all these things. But this is an address that I have to revert back to when I'm going through things. It says this. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, says this. Jesus Christ, now get this, is the same yesterday, past He's the same yesterday. In other words, what he was yesterday, guess what? He's now present today. That's why he said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, present, right now, right now in your very midst. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and into your future. So in other words, past, present, and future, Jesus is the same. He never changes in who he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whenever you feel a doubt or questioning or worrying that God doesn't speak and God doesn't listen, you need to revert back to this foundational scripture. Hey, God said he never changes, and he said he will not be a father who cannot lie. He said, I don't add or subtract from my word. I establish what I am and who I am, and I don't change not in what I say. And what he says to you, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whenever the enemy wants to start barking up your tree and start talking to you and telling you that your God don't care and your God don't speak and your God don't listen, you need to revert back to them and say, wait a minute, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more because my God my God, what's that video why we showed why he's my king, my God is the same yesterday, today, right now, and forever. So I know that my God speaks. That's why I love what it says in Romans 2.11, that God is not a God of favoritism. He doesn't show favoritism. He doesn't speak to one and not the other. So if you get that in your knower, knowing that God doesn't show favoritism and that God is the same, guess what that will do? That will help you navigate your life. It will help you navigate through the day. Even though you may not feel him, even though you may not sense him, you can establish your foundation on that verse. A house, now get this, a house is only as good as its foundation. 
And if your foundation is not good, that's what will happen with the house. The house will crumble. It'll fall. So you build your foundation on this verse. I will not, shall not be moved. That is my foundational verse. You see, listen, we must base our faith, trust, and belief on this verse when we are feeling down and discouraged. Our faith, our trust, and our belief. What are the three areas that the enemy likes to come against you at? In your faith. You believe that? What's another thing? You trust God to answer your prayers? Do you really believe that? You know, that's old. That's past tense. The Bible's not relevant for today. You really believe that? So he'll come against those three areas of your life. And what is the three-stranded cord is uneasily broken. So what are the three things he comes at you? He comes at you in your faith. He comes after you what? And you're feeling discouraged or down in your trust. What is it? Why does he say in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart? So what does he do? He'll come against your trust. We have been broken trust in our lives, and people have hurt us, and man, man hindered us and did some things to us. And so what happens is because of that, we don't trust easily with God. And what does he do with our belief? I love this. When feeling like God doesn't speak to us, now this is you. Remind yourself. Remind yourself. He does, that God does because he says so. You see, sometimes, get this, sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. You say, what do you mean? If you're always waiting for the pat on the back, if you're always waiting for the good job, man, guess what? You may be waiting for a long time. And what David did, David, the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And what he did, he said, God, when I'm feeling down, how did David encourage himself in the Lord? He was the glory in the lifter of his head. That, God, I feel this way, and God, I'm going through this in my life. God, I can't hear you. God, I can't sense you. But I know that I know that I know that I know that my Redeemer lives. And, God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, therefore, God, that settles it. You said it. I believe it. You see, in your life, what happens is you have to say, listen, God, I'm not going to have to wait for somebody to remind me that you're good. I'm going to remind myself. You have to be your own cheerleader. You see, they say that basketball, 90% of basketball is confidence. It's confidence. And 10%, Robin, is your talent. If you have confidence, guess what? It'll build or lift up your talents. Because if you have confidence that I can do it, guess what? It's going to make you excel in your talents. And why do you think Hebrews 10 verse 35 says, don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded to you. And the key is that you have to have confidence of knowing, even when you're feeling down, that my God hears me. That is the confidence that I have. And I'm not going to let it windle away. I'm not going to let the enemy take it from me. I'm going to withstand the storms of my life because I have confidence in knowing that my God is able. You got that? You got to stay on that. Now watch this. In John 14, uh, John 10, verse 14, I love this verse of scripture, and look at how he describes this. He says, I am the good shepherd. And if you ever know the role of a shepherd, the shepherd obviously takes care of the sheep. And you know what its role is? To guide, to direct, and to protect. To guide, provide, and to uh, protect. So I want to guide you, I'm going to provide for you, and I'm going to protect you. That's the role of the shepherd. 
So if Jesus is describing himself as the shepherd, guess what his role is? To guide you, provide for you, and to protect you. That's the role. And why does the shepherd have the staff with the hook on it? Because whenever the sheep gets or wanders away, what does he do? He grabs it and he pulls it back in. And Jesus said, I'm coming here to guide you, provide for you, and to protect you. That's the role of the shepherd. So you got to get that in your knower. Now watch what he says. I know my sheep. In other words, if God takes the time to know every hair on your head, he knows you. The Bible says that he created you fearfully and wonderfully in your mother's womb before you were even born. So in other words, God didn't make an accident. God doesn't make junk. God makes the best. So you know what? You should be like Shrek. I'm beautiful, donkey. I'm beautiful, donkey. So when your wife walks up to you, 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 your husband needs to say to your wife, I'm beautiful, donkey. Right? I'm beautiful, donkey. I may look like this, but I'm beautiful, donkey, right? You need to remind yourself, but he says, listen, look, hey, he said, I'm the shepherd, and my sheep heareth my voice. Now, watch, go back to that verse, uh, Quinn. He says, watch, he said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now, get this, get this. Do you know that God, <laughs> you're going to think I'm crazy, but do you know that God created tattooing before tattooing was even created? Watch this. The Bible says he engraved you, Adam. He engraved you, engraved you, engraved you on his palms. He engraved you. He loves you so much and cares about you so much that he literally engraved you on his hands. Wow. Now, you tell me. I know my sheep. He knows you so much that he engraved you on his hands. And my sheep know me. Why? Because he's going to guide me, provide for me, and protect me. But look at now John 10, 27. Watch this. I love this. He says this, John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. Now, you got to get that. In order to hear God speak, you got to take time to listen. You see, if you don't take time to listen, how are you going to hear? I love the analogies of a husband and wife when they're trying to communicate. The husband's in the bedroom, and like me, playing my boom box on Sunday morning, getting ready, Jesus loves me, this I know, yeah! And my wife is in the bathroom with her hair dryer. And we're trying to communicate through Jesus loves me and what you saying, honey? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And I'm assuming I know what she's saying. Oh, I got it all figured out. The equation, one plus one is two. Two plus two is four. I got this equation. I know what she wants. She wants to go out to eat afterwards. The only thing is I don't know where she wants to go out to eat. So I assume we're going to go to adventures. See? <laughs> and what happens is, here's what happens. What happens is, because we're not positioning ourselves to listen, what happens is we get a confusion. We only hear bits and pieces of what God is trying to say. 
and we only hear this and that, and this is what we do. We put the puzzle together on our own, assuming this is the way that God wants us to go. When in actuality, it's not. It's that way instead of this way. And what happens is we find ourselves in a dead end, and here's what we always say. God, I thought you said to go this way. And God says, if you were only position yourself to listen, I would have told you to go this way. And we end up in dead ends, and you know what? What happens to God? He gets our blame, our anger, and our frustrations when God tried to communicate, and that's why we say orders from headquarters. He's trying to give us our orders from headquarters, but we weren't listening. Now watch this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, once again, the shepherd to guide, protect, and provide. The shepherd, I know them, and they follow me. You ever notice when Jesus says, he says, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He says, follow me, and I will lead you down a path of righteousness for your name's sake. He said, follow me, and I'll lead you not into the author of confusion, but I am a God of peace. So all through life, God says to follow him. But in order to follow him, you have to hear him. And so he says these words. In this verse, your ears, now get this, your ears hear first. It's backwards sometimes. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. So our what? A lot of times we this verse pertains to our hearing comes first, then and then your eyes see. Jesus loves you. Did you see what you just did? Every one of you, where did you go? You went right to Pastor Andrew. It was funny. I, I stood and I paused. Did you notice? Your heads went, like, who's that weirdo? <laughs> but did you see that? Your eyes saw or your ears heard first. Your ears heard first, then your eyes see. And what happens is we, so many times we want to see before we believe. See, faith is not that way. It's a substance of things unseen. But you see, you got to hear, and then out of your hearing, then you see. People always say to me, but Pastor, how do you do all these things, and how do you get all these thoughts? It's because I hear first. I hear, and then I put it to practice what I hear. I walk out what I hear and what I see and what I feel, what God gives to me. And so I hear, and then when I hear, I follow the instructions. And so that's why a lot of times what happens, because we hear, but are we following the instructions? I love this. In James 1, verse 19, I love what he says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. In other words, take attention, man. Make this a priority. Understand this. But look at the sequence of this. Now watch this. He said, everyone should be quick to listen. Notice the first step. He says, quick to listen. In other words, before you respond, before you make any reactions, before you try to correct things, because we as men, we don't want to listen. We want to correct before we listen. 
We, amen. My wife's a big cheerleader today. Amen. I love her. Good thing we're not watching the Vikings today. Praise hallelujah. But it says, quick to listen. Now watch this. You got to get this. Slow to speak. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Now listen, I don't know about you. I'm not a mechanic. Bob, you're a mechanic. Dale in the first service is a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic. But I know that if my cylinders are, are not firing it and I'm in sync or timed right, guess what's going to happen? My car is going to backfire. It's going to lose power. It's going to lose acceleration. Why? Because it's not timed right. The cylinders are not hitting on right sync and not firing right. And what happens is the same way. When we get out of sync and out of sequence of listening instead of talking, what happens is all of a sudden we lose acceleration. Because God's not talking, you are. And how can you expect to hear from God if you're talking over God? Are you understand what I'm saying? So he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's where a lot of times if you take that in the natural, isn't that really honestly, truly, and I'm not picking on spouses or, or couples or kids or relationships, but isn't that a lot of times why we have fights and struggles in relationships? Because we're not listening instead of we're always talking. And we're always talking and so much more than listening. And we got it backwards. Quick to listen. Okay, honey. Yeah, whatever you say. A happy wife is a happy life. Thank you, Jesus. Right? A happy husband is a great provider. But you, 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 I'm not trying to be funny here, but I'm trying to make, you, you understand what I'm saying, Pat? And he says, listen. Slow to speak. And so many times what we're doing is we're trying to fix it before the whole thing gets out. And then because of that, we get angry. I can imagine in heaven that God is bald. I believe that God might be a bald God, Jeff. You know why? Because God in heaven is probably pulling his hair out. How many of you ever said this? If you would only listen. Come on. Can you imagine what God is thinking sometimes? If you would only take time to listen. Did you ever notice why he says in Psalms 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God? The reason why he says be still, how can you know if he's God if you're always in control, he's never in control, and you're not listening? How can you honestly be still and know that he's God if you're always in control and never listening? So who's in control? It's actually you. It's actually you dictating. It's actually you controlling. It's actually you speaking. And God's up in heaven and said, listen, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope for the future, but you're not taking time to listen. Be still and know that I'm God. How do I know that you're God? I know that you're God because you're going to direct the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordained of the Lord. And you're going to direct my steps. So in other words, what James 1.19 is saying, in other words, it says, shut your mouth so God can speak. Ever said this before? Zip it. How many of you ever said this before? 
I opened my mouth. Now I got to insert my foot. It's a lot of times what happens is, guys, listen to your pastor. Hear me. We got to listen. God, give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. So many times in my life, I promise you, you might think I'm crazy, but I promise you, when I'm walking through confusion, God is not an author of confusion, but I got a peace. And whenever I'm going through confusion, you know what I do? I promise you, I don't care where I'm at. And whenever I'm going through doubt or confusion or worry or anything in my life, you know what I'll do? I stop and I call it a praise break. This is honest to God truth. I put my hands on my ears. I say, Lord Jesus, right now, in Jesus' name, I do not receive this clutter. I do not receive this confusion. I do not receive this negativity. I right now in Jesus name open my ears to hear what the spirit is saying I put both my hands I pray for myself because I don't allow what goes into my ears to confuse me because a little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough and so what happens guys listen you have to shut your mouth say okay God allow me to you to speak Lord listen I see Christians get upset because they feel that God doesn't speak to them so what's the use maybe you have stopped going to God. Prayer doesn't work. Prayer's not relevant. God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't speak to me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. The question is, God does speak, but are you listening? Are you taking time for him to speak to you? Are you taking time for him to speak to you? Are you tuning your ears into his voice? You see, I always say this. Wrong voices... Wrong voices make wrong choices. So the question is, what voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the peanut gallery or you listen to the shepherd and say, don't go that way. Don't do that. Don't do this or otherwise it's going to lead to disaster. And a lot of times what happens, we listen to the God of crisis instead of the God of the cross. And what happens, we're always listening to the God of crisis. God, help me out of this situation. God, help me out of this situation. I'm in this problem. So we're always going to the God of crisis instead of the God of the cross who has love, forgiveness, and acceptance and direction for your life. And all you're doing is going to God of crisis instead of God of grace, love, and acceptance and peace for your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the God of crisis. I want to experience the God of love. How many know what I'm talking about? I don't want the God of crisis, but the God of the cross. I want God, I want, I want that in my life. You see, I, I love this. With God, it's not just a one-way conversation. It's not just a one-way conversation. Listen to what it says. It's a two-way conversation. He speaks and you listen. Then you speak and he listens. I was talking to Caleb Clawweather the other day, and uh, the wilderness, they got some gravel put in the other day for, uh, for their uh, driveway. And so they put in this new drive, uh, gravel, and my wife asked him, said, Caleb, so when they come, do they just uh, take the dump truck and just dump it in a mound of gravel, and then they leave it there and you spread it? They said, no, what they try to do is they try to open up the tailgate just a few inches, and they try to move slowly and spread it as much as they can. And I thought, wow, that's cool. And he's telling me this analogy. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. I said, well, once they're done, once they're done, guess what they do? They drive away. Now watch this. A one-way conversation with God is like you being the dump truck and dumping all your garbage on him 
and pulling away empty. Pulling away empty. Let me ask you something. Today, many of you raised your hand and said you're going to go out to eat afterwards. Are you going to pay for your food and not eat it and just walk away from it? You're going to pay for your food and walk away full. But what happens is a one-way conversation is you being the dump truck and pulling away empty. But God says, I want to fill you back up. That's why, you guys got to get this. That's why, Becky, God says he can't pour new wine into old wineskins. And the reason why he says that is because they'll burst. But he can pour new wine into new wineskins. What is new wineskins? New wineskins are you and I when we empty out the old and allow God to bring in the new. And the reason why many of you are frustrated and not hearing God is because you're trying to mix fresh water and salt water together. And the Bible says you can't mix the two of them together. And what happens, God says, listen, don't just be the one dialogue and one-way conversation and be the dump truck. Allow me to fill it back up. And you know what God does when he fills it back up? He puts purpose back in your life. He puts meaning back in your step. Man, he puts a spring in your step. He puts joy back in you. That's what God wants to fill you up with. I want to fill you up. But you're the dump truck. Pull it away. I did my job. I emptied out. And God said, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. There's more. As I close, we're getting ready to these last things. Preparation to hear God's voice. I always say this, you have to prepare yourself to hear his voice. I, I'm not a baker by any means, but I love it when my grandkids do come, Lisa, and we make chocolate chip cookies, and this Christmas we always make Christmas cookies, and my wife does all the, you know, the cookies with the grandkids. It's so fun to watch that. But before we make the cookies, guess what? I know that we prepared. We prepared by going to the grocery store because I checked my checkbook out. And ingredients, Robin, you know, as you're a baker, they're not cheap sometimes, right? But I do know this. To make chocolate chip cookies, you have to have flour, you have to have eggs, you have to have butter, you have to have sugar, and most importantly, you have to have the chocolate chips, right? You have to prepare all the ingredients to mix them all together to give you that final product. It's the same way with life. You have to prepare yourself to receive. Don't just assume and expect. You see, listen, how many of you have ever gotten mad because you assumed him or her to do something and they didn't do it? And you got mad. The thing is, you went on assumption. You didn't go on the basis of them saying it maybe from their lips or making a commitment to do it. You just assume that they're going to come over to your house. You just assume that they're going to take you out to eat. You just assume they're going to do that. And because that assumption didn't happen, what happened? You got all mad. It's the same way with God. God wants to speak, but don't assume it. You have to prepare for it. So how do I do it? Number one, you have to position yourself to hear. You have to make a place where God can meet you at. If you ever look through the Old Testament and all through the New Testament, God said, go into your secret place and prepare a place, and then I will reward you what you do in your secret place. The widow, the persistent widow that came and she prepared a place every day before God. I want my liberty. 
the widow with the two sons that was going to die. And what did she do? She gathered up all the jars so that God said, what? Now you go into your secret place, your position. And he shut the door. And once he shut the door, guess what happened to that widow who was going to be taking her from her two sons for the ransom of all the money she owed? She was going to lose her two sons. But you know what God did? You go and position yourself. Karen, go and position yourself. And you know what that widow did? She gathered up all the neighborhood jars. She went into her position, her secret place. And what? God began to pour. He poured so much oil that every jar that she had in the house was full. And guess what? By what she received, she was able to pay off her debtors. You have to position yourself. If you go to my cabin, I have my certain place in my cabin. At my house, I have my certain place every day. If I'm at my cabin, every day. At my house, every day. Same place. God, here I am. This is my place. This is my spot. This is where I meet you at, God. My secret place. You see, in 1 Samuel 3, verse 3, that's what he did. He was praying, Lord, here I am, God. He made an opportunity. Jesus in Mark 1:35. Early in the morning, Jesus went to a solitary place to pray. He positioned himself. Number two, get rid of all the clutter. So many times what happens is you take in the clutter and you can't hear God's voice. And what is the clutter? I got to do this. I got to do that. I got this going. I got that going. I got this worry. I got that concern. I learned this a long time ago. Trust me. I tell you, this is a great remedy. Trust me. If you're having clutter problems by hearing God, when I was going to school, I was working 11 to 7 at night. My first hour class was at 7.30. After I got done with my classes, then I'd go and pick up my, my kids from the babysitter. I'd take my kids home, put them down for a nap, and then I finally got to rest. And I only got three hours of sleep, and then I had to get up for basketball practice or baseball. I was playing both sports. So I had to get up for sports. But I had in my time, and I promise you, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm not trying to be self-righteous, so don't think of it this way. But I had one hour free, and it was my third hour. My third hour of classes, I didn't have classes, I will, at that time. So what I'd do, and I'm not trying to be self-righteous, but a lot of my friends would go down to the coffee shop. And they would go to the coffee shop, and they would, man, drink coffee and hang out. But that was my time in the girls' dorm, with the, in the prayer room there, in the chapel. I'd go and pray. But when I'd go pray, Jeff, what would happen was I'd go and pray, and man, before you know it, all this clutter got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. And my mind couldn't hear, conceive, or even fathom what God was trying to say. So you know what I did, young lady? I brought a notebook in with me, and I brought a pencil or a pen. And every time that the enemy tried to bring clutter in my, my conversation with God, guess what I did? I wrote it down. I went back to prayer. I wrote it down. I went back to prayer. And before you knew it, Art, I promise you, I reversed the curse. Everything that the enemy tried to use against me, I was writing it down. So after I got done praying, I had the reminder right in front of me. And the enemy got mad. Guess what? He stopped cluttering my mind. You have to avoid, now get this, you got to avoid the noise. You got to avoid the noise. The noise of confusion that's trying to pull you away. Third thing, give him permission to speak. You know what Samuel did? After two times, he went to Eli. Eli, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Eli said, I'm not speaking to you. Go back. Go back. God's trying to talk to you. And look what he said. Okay, I'm going to position myself. I'm going to give you, Lord, permission to speak. 
And what he said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You see, listen, God is a gentleman. He only comes in by invitation. And if you invite him into your situation, he'll come. Adam, he'll come. Speak, Lord. Color purple. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. I love that movie. You give him permission. God, here I am. I need to have ears to hear, Mickey Mouse ears, Dumble ears, whatever, God, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Lord, I'm taking off the mute button. I'm on my garbage. God, I'm giving you permission to speak again. Here's another one, a big one. Get this one. Repent of your unbelief. <clears throat> you see what unbelief does? Unbelief kills the sensitivity of hearing God's voice. Some of you has severed the umbilical cord between you and God. You've lost that sensitivity. Why should I talk to God? He doesn't love me. Why does God man, want me to cry out to him? He doesn't care. And you know what happens? You become from a heart of flesh, as the Bible says in Ezekiel. Now you become a heart of stone. And if you take water and pour it over a stone, guess what? It doesn't absorb. It just runs right off. That's what unbelief will do. It'll kill the sensitivity, the nerve endings between you and God. It'll stop you from hearing. And some of you killed that. Some of you killed the sensitivity to God because maybe this happened in your life and God, it wasn't fair. And so because it's not fair, God, I'm mad at you. God, you had this happen to me. I'm mad at you. God, you don't love me. That's what unbelief does. It closes up. It kills the circulation. It severs the umbilical cord between you and God. It, it distinguishes or it stifles your, your birth with your right with God. And your birthright with God is says, I'm going to do great and awesome things in your life. I'm going to bless you abundantly beyond what you can even imagine. But unbelief kills that birthright that you have with God. And some of you, God's got a dump truck that he wants to dump on you. But unbelief has killed your sensitivity. The last one, don't become impatient. Don't become impatient with God. I always say this. You got to get this as I close. You got to get this. Here's the key. God has to process, Becky. God has to process your prayer request. Ever hear Garth Brook? Well, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Could you imagine if God answered every one of our silly prayers? Sometimes, Bill, he's processing your prayer request. Just because it's God's delay doesn't mean he's not answering. He's processing, how am I going to process this and make this happen or bring it around? Have you ever said that to your kids? Let me process for me. Give me a minute. Let me pray about it. Let me think about it. God's processing. Don't become impatient. Don't become impatient. God, give me patience, but I want it now. Don't go from Rush City down to Forest Lake on the highway. You're going to lose patience. Be anxious for nothing. I close with this. Why do you think the Bible says 
in Philippians 4, verse 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I get this. Then, verse 4 of Philippians 4, then verse 9 of Philippians 4, verse 4, uh, chapter 4, in verse 9, it says, Now, put in the practice, Becky, all that you have learned. Why? Because you know what it says in verse 5, 6, 7, and 8? It says this, Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing but in all things in prayer and supplication. Make your requests known before God. Then he says, then the, peace of, then the peace of God will transcend all understanding and it will guard your heart. You know why he says that? He starts it out with joy because if you don't have joy in what you're doing, guess what you're going to do? You're going to quit. And why do you think Philippians 4 verse 4 says that? Because he's telling you, you go into this journey with joy. Because there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, there's going to be peaks, there's going to be valleys. But if you go in with it with joy, you're going to come out at the other end happy. Because you consistently preserved. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. And you had joy in doing it. Why is the fruit of the Spirit? The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Because when you have joy in doing something, you're going to do it. And that's why Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. I believe that today, will you stand with me? I believe that today, just like in the first service, I'm not going to have you come forward. But in the first service, you should have seen it was amazing. Many people, man, there's a lot of people that were really hurting. You know why they were hurting? Because they were that stone. They were that stone of unbelief. They severed the bill of cord between them and God. The unbelief got to them. You should have seen the first service, Bobby. It was amazing. They severed the bill of cord and became hard. But God wants to take your stony heart, the Bible says Ezekiel, and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, make you pliable again, open to receive what God has for you. Some of you are like water off a duck's back because he can't receive it because you're so hard. And you're holding on to past tense instead of the future tense. And God says in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, See, I'm doing a new thing. Get this. I'm doing a new thing, even though you can't perceive it or understand it. But here's what he said. I'm doing a new thing in the desert. In the desert. In the dry places of your life. God said, I'm doing doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing in your desert place right now. But God can't do a new thing until you let go of the old things. You got to say, God, here I am. Take this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Father, I pray over every one of these individuals today. Lord, give us ears to hear. God, you will speak if we have positioned ourselves to hear. But Father, as you laid so heavily on my heart through prayer, just preparing this message, many people have shut off their hearts with you. They become hard and callous and living in the spirit of unbelief because, Lord, they're not seeing results. God, we're not supposed to be result-driven. We're supposed to be faith-driven. And I pray that today, God, right now, that right now, God, you would take that heart of stone, that unbelief in some people's lives, and you'd give them once again a heart of flesh. 
Maybe they had some bad breaks that happened in the past, but the past is behind them and their future is ahead of them. And God, this is the day the Lord has made and you got new things in store for them. And I pray that today, God, you right now will take that heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh to be able to hear your voice. Touch your church. Minister, bless, guide, and protect and direct. And we thank you, Father, for every individual here today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, now come on, give the Lord praise. Come on. Come on. Now, folks, don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Apply it to your life. Watch and you'll see what God will do. God bless you. Have a great day. Come prepared to eat next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Would you consider a financial gift to help support this ministry? Giving is simple and safe. Just go to our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com and click on the Give tab. Thank you for your generous gift.